Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast Never Ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I'm just being Mike Sutherland. You damn right we are. All right. God uh, damn right. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week, uh, my flick of the week is going to be the uh, Netflix. Netflix uh, can't say original, but uh, like BBC and then Netflix original. Uh, uh, the Staircase. The Staircase. And uh, that's that's my that's my name right there. That's the one I'm doing. I'm doing that one. Nightmare on Elm Street, the <laughs> remake with uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, where the makeup looked really weird. Yeah, but it looked almost appropriate. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah, get into that. Yeah. Um, all right, and then of course our uh, main flick of the week is going to be um, Edman and the 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 Wasp. Yes, except uh, we totally did this wrong. So, so welcome to the Cinescape Magazine we review show. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So yeah, we'll talk about that. We got a couple uh, news tidbits and uh, maybe a trailer or two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wh- whatever tickles your fancy. Whatever tickles your pickle. That's right. All right. So take it away. <laughs> I know we're not doing that anymore. It's Jackie. Funny. All right. So, um, yeah, my flick of the week, of course, The Staircase on uh, BBC. Well, started off on BBC. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> keep searching, keep searching. You'll find it. All right. So, in 2001, novelist Michael Peterson's wife died, and he claims she perished after falling down s- stairs at their home. The medical examiner, however, determined that she had been beaten with a weapon, which led to Peterson becoming a suspect. Okay, so, yeah. Give you the official Netflix staircase, yeah. I can vividly remember finding Kathleen. 911, where's your emergency? My wife's having an accident. She's still breathing. What kind of accident? She's still in the stairs. Kathleen Peterson was found dead at the bottom of the couple's staircase. Peterson's husband is novelist Michael Peterson. The cop was on me instantly. There was sufficient evidence to warrant a trial. The injuries are not consistent with a fall down the stairs. The charge? First degree murder. This world, my father ever would have hurt Kathleen. We're like that. We believe you. He wanted to give the appearance that this was a wholesome, functioning family. Well, that simply is not true. Mr. Peterson was bisexual. I understand you'll want to pump the ratings, but give me a break. I don't think the DA cares about truth anymore. This has become a show. The back of the head was struck three times. Dwayne Deaver had a pattern of preparing misleading expert reports. Scientists are not supposed to take sides. The murder case against Michael Peterson doesn't just involve his wife anymore. It involves a friend who died 18 years ago at the bottom of a staircase. Okay, well, you guys got a much better film now. They lied, they cheated, they did everything to convict me. There was cleanup by the police. It shook the foundations of my beliefs in the justice system. The system is flawed and it needs to change. This is contamination in the crime scene. 
The DA's trying to save that our dad killed our mother. There's no murder weapon. There's no motive. But we're sitting behind our dad. It never occurred to Michael Peterson that people wouldn't believe him. That's really what this is all about. He thought he'd get away with it. I love these things, man. These these documentary style. Yeah. If you like making a murderer or evil genius and or evil genius, hell, even wild country, wild, wild country, um, absolute must see the staircase. It's um, if I had to compare it to the, the ones I just named making a murderer. This is this goes along almost the same lines as making a murderer. Um where it's just captivating how the the subject matter that it covers because when you're watching it you you want to think that you know that this guy's innocent because you know Michael Peterson he I mean he talks he talks to the camera you know because here here's the funny thing so this murder happened or I'm sorry this death this suspicious death of his wife Kathleen happened in 2001 um they live in uh Durham North Carolina and uh um, soon after the events of that, there was a French uh, filmmaker named Jean uh, Xavier de la Strade who came in and uh, set up, uh, you know, cameras and cameramen in in the lives of uh, Michael Peterson and his family, <coughs> and they started um, just fucking filming everything, everything in the home, everything when they went to court and jail and all that stuff, and so from two thousand and like, um, so the the uh, on the BBC this started airing in two thousand four. Um, even though they have stuff all the way from right after the murder, practically like right when the, the all the court stuff started happening, and uh, and so from what I understand, this was on the BBC for a while, and then Netflix picked it up when there there still hadn't been an ending to this, and so and I don't want to give away too much because you should watch it, but um, anyone listening should watch it um, as well, and is that. There wasn't an end to this because there's something happens with him. I mean, he 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 gets convicted. He does, but that's not the end of the story. Um, he's in prison for eight years, and then more shit happens. Um, and then so then they come back and they film a little more. Then they come back and film a little more. And so the final shit came out this year, and Netflix picked the whole thing up and has them all together now. Right. So yeah, you've got 14 years of footage crammed into these 13 episodes that run for about 45 minutes each. And uh, it can get a little boring at times because it, it just feels like uh, they're dragging over the same things. But, uh, I mean, well, you know, I also binge the fuck out of it. So, you know, I, I don't recommend binge watching The Staircase like I did. I watched the whole goddamn thing in two days. Uh, but uh, it is absolutely fascinating because if there's ever been a chance or ever a, a case for circumstantial evidence, this is this has got to be it. It... it you know, Michael Peterson never gives off the vibe that he's any kind of a violent person at all. Um, he's very forthcoming. He talks to everybody. He's a novelist, so he is used to creating fiction. Which right. They tr- and the prosecution definitely tries to use that against him. Um, but um, the guy has had a secret life, and apparently, according to him, his wife knew about it, but she was okay with it because it was just him, like, you know, getting it out of the way so that he could be a loving husband and stuff. So he's bisexual. and uh, But he only had sex, like he never cheated on her with other women. He only cheated on her with other men that he would meet online and stuff like that. Okay. And he says that she knew about it. Well, the night that she died, he said he fell asleep by the pool 
And when she died on the stairs, this this is what's weird about it, is that, you, you know, because you get to see her dead body, the footage of it and everything, and there's fucking blood everywhere, um, all over the staircase, at uh, the bottom of the staircase. And uh, and then they, they, they what they did was the, um, the medical examiner shaved her head, and you found that there was these huge gashes in the top of her head. Right. And, but the skull wasn't cracked. That was what was weird. Because if she had been beaten to death by somebody, you'd think that the skull would have been cracked, right? Uh-huh. But it's not. It was just all, yeah, all just head scrapes. But um, she bled to death, of course. And uh, it was like blunt force trauma. Or I can't remember all the detail. But, um, he, of course, they, um, they, this is the problem with something like this, is that when the cops got there, they immediately, and this is just like with making a murderer, they immediately set their sights on on the husband Michael Peterson and from from the start of that moment to the whole prosecution to the conviction um to to all, through all the appeals and then the new court case that ends up happening um their mind was already set that he's guilty and that was the direction that they kept going in and they didn't look in any way whatsoever um in, in any other possibilities and there's some weird fucking shit that that is so coincidental that that ends up that goes with this that you're just like what the fuck is the truth here? Right. Um, there's a thing called the owl theory, and it's insane. But you look it up, and they didn't talk about this at all on the on the documentary. And I think it's just because it's so insane that no one would believe it, even though there, there's a possibility of it. Um, but yeah, the owl theory is pretty much they um, her body was found with fucking owl feathers grasped in her hand, closed, and um, they have like violent owls in that area, right. and the the theory is is that that's why her skull wasn't cracked. Is that because she was super drunk going up the stairs? She got attacked by a fucking owl, and it's it's it gouged up to her head, and then she fell back and you know and hit her head more and died. Okay, right. But no one talked about it. The prosecution never mentions it on the documentary. Michael Peterson never mentions his, his lawyer never mentions it. Um, but it's fascinating to read about because you're like, what the fuck, right? No one mentioned it. It's, it's weird. So. Um, and then there's this other circumstantial evidence too that's very weird that he you know 18 years prior when he lived in Germany a friend of the family um, she died um, and f- was found at the bottom of the set of stairs and she bled out because she had like a um, you know like hemophilia or something like that okay. so she, you know her yeah so she, yeah she bled to death too and it was it, but she didn't have the same like markings on her but they said then this is what's weird they exhume her body. This prosecution here, they exhume her body from you know Germany or whatever, and they bring it all the way down to where they're at in North Carolina, and these people, these this this um you know this police department and 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 courthouse or whatever you want to call them, uh, prosecutor, they use their people to do this examination, and when I when I say circumstantial stuff is like things like this, con- like conspiratorial kind of things is. Michael Peterson used to write articles for the newspaper there, and he used to talk a lot of shit about the police department and the justice system there. Right. Because the, the, the town of Durham is, has gone to shit over decades, and he's seen it there because he's lived there almost his whole life. And so he would always talk shit. And so one of the circumstances, or one of the, you know, the, the odd things is, what if they just were purposely hell-bent on convicting this guy because of all the shit that he's caused in the, in the public? Talking about them, right? It's possible. Spiteful stuff from police, you know, because police are fucking human beings too, and they can be spiteful. So, um, so there's that. There's, and, uh, but I mean, his whole family supported him the whole time. Well, most of the family, not the people on his wife's side. They, they, they are like 
ready to have him just sent to the gallows. And, you know, you can't think of it any other way. But the guy has been there for his family the whole time. Um, every time he talks about his wife, he cries and, you know, and he, you know, and he doesn't constantly say I'm innocent. He just, he just, you know, he just like, he just wants to move on. He, he like, there's even times where he even asks his family, do you want me to just fucking plead guilty so we can end this pain that we're going through for all these years? Right. And they're so, no, you need to fight and you need to keep doing this. And he's like, okay. Um, and there's some weird shit, it's just more weird shit than that. It's it's absolutely fascinating to watch all this shit go down and to see how a man can be treated by the court system when they when they fully think that this guy is the one that did it, and they won't look at any other avenue to to um, you know see if there's you know like what if there was a killer, you know what if there was someone else that did this or something, you know. And I'm not saying the guy's innocent, you know. It's just like the Michael Jackson thing. Like I don't think Michael Jackson's a pedophile, but if like all of a sudden the secret dungeon is found and there's a bunch of shit in there, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Right. Same thing with this guy. If he ever finally confessed on his deathbed, I mean, the guy's like 75 now, but, um, and he's confessed that he, yeah, he did do it. Did I, I wouldn't be surprised, but still there's just way much weird. There's so much weird shit in here that you just don't know what the fuck to believe. And so, um, yeah, I highly recommend watching it because, um, like I said, it's really good TV. Really good TV to watch. And it makes you also question the justice system because it's not perfect. It is absolutely not perfect. And people need more and more people need to notice how imperfect our justice system is. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm reading through Peterson's uh, little thing. I'm not going to give anything away. Um, I find it, uh, I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh like okay, so um, oh yeah, all of his money got spent up too. That's another thing he's never gonna get back is all that money that he had to spend on his attorneys and everything. And the guy that I can't, I didn't, I didn't write his name down, but the attorney that his attorney that was with him through the whole thing, he had to walk away after a while because he was so heartbroken after that that conviction where he got sent away for eight years. Yeah. That he just said, I, I, he goes, I put too much of myself into this case. I, I, I can't go to the next thing. I in, can't. In October of 2002, um, I don't know who Caitlin is. I think that's the daughter of uh, Kathleen. Yeah. So one of the daughters of Kathleen filed a wrongful death claim against Michael. Uh, in 2006, he declared bankruptcy. Two weeks later, Caitlin filed an objection to the bankruptcy. Kaylin and Michael settled the death claim for $25 million pending acceptance. Uh, finalization of the settlement by the court was announced. In the settlement, Michael did not admit anything. Uh, Caitlin is unlikely to ever collect a significant amount of the judgment. Um, I can guarantee you that she is getting every profit of this, this movie, though. Uh, and anything that was... Anything that was on TV, mm-hmm. any money that was made off of this, yeah. like the Staircase Killer, Stairway to Hell, Reversal of Fortune, Death on the Staircase, any money that he received from NBC or anything else like that, yeah. all went to that. So saying that she, will, she won't receive a fucking a penny of this, uh, uh, collect a significant amount of the judgment, yeah. she's, she's probably gotten a pretty penny and, and, out of yeah, it. Yeah, and what, what the scary thing it shows about the justice system is even let's just say you are innocent, okay? And, and all the money you have to spend to get a proper defense. 
just to just to get a proper defense because otherwise if you get like a state um defender right you know you're fucked because they don't they're not they're the not DA. motivated right well they are motivated you know you know what i mean they're 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 not as motivated as as no that's not true I, mm. they just don't have the resources well okay but yeah, there's no money there. So they can't pay like these special forensic guys to come in and and you know go against all this other stuff. And, right. You know, and, and it's yeah, so it sucks because it's like I mean, look, the 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 thought process is if someone's being, you know, being charged and and um being uh, you know gone through trial for murder, it's probably because they did it, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is is that it's still in the, you know, in our system where it's innocent until proven guilty and it's Everyone has the right to the same kind of treatment in a trial, and you know when I when watching this thing, it's like, God damn, dude, like how the money that they had to spend for this defense, and I mean, what if this guy is fucking innocent? Does he is he able? If he was ever be able to prove himself innocent, which he's not ever never going to be able to do, but if he could, would he be able to get all that money back? No. Yeah, exactly. This fucking system sucks, dude. So regardless if he's guilty or not, it fucking sucks, and. It, it, yeah, it's it's just another damn ugly mark on this country. Yeah, it it, it is what it is, and um, I don't know what the hell that knocking sound is. Um, I'm I was trying to find you know like uh, Kathleen Peterson's daughters' names, yeah. Caitlin and. I I don't. It's not that big of a deal. It's it, it's still knocking. Something's shaking in the net. Yeah. Is that like a reverberating echo? I don't know. It's something was shaking. That <laughs> was fucking weird. So, um, I I I find this intriguing, mm-hmm. um, but you know I I guess Caitlin must have been her daughter. And uh, yeah, her or, sisters or her also. Sister. Her sisters were in court, dude. They even like talk about the. They even talk about the, uh, the the filmmaker, like about the the show, you know, and and everything, um, in front of the camera in the court courtroom about you know how they're they're lying about this, lying about that. They show it. They show everything she says. They're like they're not trying to keep shit away. Yeah, I like I said, I don't know if Caitlin is her daughter or her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, not a big deal. Anyways, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Um, who knows what the fuck is going on? Do you think he did it? Damn. I don't think he did it. I, I don't. I think that this is one of those rare cases where there's just so many coincidental things that fell into place that fucked this guy over. That that's what I think. Okay. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was guilty. All right. On to our next one. Uh teenagers Nancy, Quentin, Chris, Jesse, and Dean are all neighborhood friends who begin having the same dream of a horribly disfigured man who wears a tattered sweater and a glove made of knives.
I'm having these dreams. And there's this man. And he's burnt. to worry about. This won't hurt one little bit. What I do like about this movie is the fact that they added in the pool scene that was from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm-hmm. So in the original movie, when Wes Craven directed it, there were some things that he had to cut out. One of the things that he had to cut out or not film was from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, this pool scene, um, if you remember it properly. And then that pool scene is when he's using this kid to, as his vessel yeah. to kill all the other kids, right? You've got to the bring body, him. and I've got the brains. Right. <laughs> and and then finally Freddy makes his appearance, and then he's... he's Comes right out of him, like births himself out of him, yeah. like pretty much. I know exactly where that noise is coming from. It's that fucking microphone on the other uh, over here. Oh, is it? Yeah. Turn it off. No, it's it's tapping against the table. Hmm. Um. The other thing that I like about this movie is Jackie Earl Haley's. Although it's not as iconic as Robert England's makeup. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley's makeup is more realistic. Yeah. Uh, with the burns. No nose. <coughs> well, there's a nose, but it's it's um. It's more flattened out. Yeah, you know, if you look at uh, what burn victims look like, it looks more like that. Yeah, so it's 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 more um, um, authentic. The iconic scenes from the first one that don't translate into this one. Yeah, the the scene where Heather Langenkamp is in the bathtub and the hand comes up, like if you watch the original trailer. Yep, um, that was fucking. Insanely good. I love the part where he comes, like his imprint comes through the wall over her head. Yeah, that is fucking amazing. I love that scene. Yeah, so some of some of the uh, the effects. All, all you can do is hear that knock, and it's really it's like a fucking woodpecker, dude. Maybe oh, maybe it's my headphones. Um, I'll just I'm, I'm just gonna play the original theatrical trailer without <coughs> playing playing it um, so that we can watch it but not hear it. So my problem with this version, the the remake version of A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. isn't from something like uh, uh, being jaded. Okay, 
Because I could still watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street and be fucking freaked out by it. Okay. Um, th- that movie is so well done as a horror movie that it still holds up today. Yeah, he wasn't making dumb jokes yet. Yeah, and, and even even with the dumb jokes, like a lot, of, so, some of the movies in the series are actually pretty good. They're never going to be like the original. Yeah, you know, it's the Star Wars. Dream thing. Warriors came close. So when when you watch the original, there's there's yeah. that scene where That's he's coming through. Fucking awesome, dude! But when you watch the original and he's walking down the uh, the alleyway, right? Yeah. And he starts scraping his hands across, and it's making that awful screeching sound. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can replicate that. I re- I mean, that scene scared the fucking shit out of me. And it did what it intended. I mean, psychologically, mm-hmm. it did what it intended to do, which was to to fuck with the viewers and to make them believe that. This guy is coming for you. Yeah. Okay? Wes Craven was always a fucking master at that. Um, the, you know, the, the bed scene where the, wa- where the water, where the blood poured out of it, right? Yeah. That scene is actually in, in the new movie, but it's, it's reversed. And it's actually a well-done scene. Mm. Um, again... Some of it, like uh, that, the, the, the scene stairs. where she's walking up the stairs yeah. and there's they're, they're like marshmallow fluff. Yeah. You know? That's cool because it's like the parts in Dreams where you can't run. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, the reason why A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 version works as a, as a horror film, but it it's not as effective. It never was. The original is so effective because, hey, you're, you're being introduced to Freddy. But the original is so effective because of Craven's use of sound. Okay? Yeah. Sound and image. And it's mostly sound. But, like, with, like the poster that I'm looking at right now is just red. It's kind of like with blood splatter. And then he's standing there in, in, this, in this cool pose. Yeah. It's just a black. You don't see his face at all. You know, and in fact, I don't think you really see his face at all for the first like forty minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah, not until like he like hold he's standing in the alleyway right after he did the long arms thing, and he yeah. like, holds the claws in front of his face. Right, and then he says something sarcastic to her. Yeah, but he but the other thing is is that you don't see his whole face. Yeah, you know, he's got a fedora on, he's got the sweater on, iconic. Also, his face looked very wet. Yeah, which is even creepier. Yeah. And in in this movie, even though they stuck, I mean, they pretty much stuck hard and fast to the same rules, which is Freddy Krueger was murdered because they believed he was a child molester or a child killer. But in in the new one, more child molester. Yeah. Okay. And then as they they build up this whole movie thinking that everyone believes that maybe they killed an innocent man. Right. Until you get later on when he's like, I did that and I did more, you know, and you kids were my favorites. Yeah. You know, and and but uh, the person that plays Nancy is not as effective as as Heather Langenkamp was. Yeah. Like I 
Look, Johnny Depp, Heather Langenkamp. I can't remember the other blonde girl's name that was in the, the movie, the but she's at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. She 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 was in a couple of other. Uh, she kind of reminded me of Jennifer Grey in a way. Yeah, yeah, but um, she was in a couple of other movies um, that I, I I can't remember. But the eighties and nineties. Oh, she was in Better Off Dead. Okay, I do believe she was in Better Off Dead. Um, I just have to look it up just to make sure. Cast. And, um, like, the poster. Look, the poster is so fucking great. It's the skull with eyes with this clawed hand and Nancy's sleeping in bed and her eyes are wide open, right? Like, fear, right? And uh, Heather Langenkamp, Johnny Depp... Um, Ronnie Blakely, I, or Amanda Weiss. It's one of these two. That's not no. Ronnie Blakely was yeah, was uh, Nancy's mom. Amanda Weiss as uh, Tina. She, yeah, she was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her right there. Um, uh, Silverado, Better Off Dead. She was in Better Off Dead. She played Beth. Um, Beth is. She in was in New Nightmare. Yeah, uh, oh, only in archive foot. Oh, archive foot. Uncredited. Um, she was, but she was in Better Off Dead. She played Beth, which was uh, John Cusack's love interest. Yeah, right. So, um, she was in Monster in Law, she, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Oh, just archive footage again. Yeah, but she, you know. Cheers. Huh? Yeah, cheers, my two dads. Huh. Funny thing is, is that she plays a character named Beth in Cheers, judging Amy, Drew Carey, murder in the first. So. When, when, when you like all all these characters in this movie have have gone on to do whatever, but like you still remember who they are. Yeah. Like I couldn't remember who the blonde person was, but I was like, oh fuck, she played in Better Off Dead before I even looked up her her bio. Yeah. Right. Of course, Johnny Depp. Of course, Heather Langenkamp. Right. John Saxon. Yeah, and and and. and and um, <laughs> the, the the mom she she's Bl- playing a bunch yeah. yeah she's playing a bunch of stuff now in this one they have um, uh, Mr. Krabs oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Clancy Clancy Brown yeah. who I, who we all love love Clancy Brown and um, they have the the girl from Nashville Knights and I can't ever remember her name but she's gorgeous um, she plays the mom and then. And then, of course, Jackie Earl Haley, who we love. Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley did a great job as Freddy Krueger. It's not that this movie is awful. It's it's that the original is still much better. Yeah, it can't compete. And will always be better because of one thing, and that's the Wes Craven thing. You just can't compete with his eye or with his direction, with his... His Genesis. reason. His certain, I don't know what. Yeah, his certain, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> reason to tray, you know, reason reason to live. Yeah. His, his reason to film. His specific style. Yeah, you just can't compete with that. You can't also, you can't compete with the 80s as well because they were, they were just making shit up as they went. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't having studios hovering over saying we want it exactly this way and that way. Right. You know, you actually had uh, filmmakers that can make movies 
more like they wanted to make them. Yeah. The one thing I do like about the this new Nightmare on Elm Street that um, uh, I wish they would have done with the original, which is we get more of Freddy's backstory. Uh-huh. You know, at the beginning, we get more. We 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 got more of the film that that Wes Craven wanted to make yeah. in this one than the original because he had to cut it up. And, in fact, uh, <laughs> a lot of the, of the scenes, <laughs> yeah, in a lot of the scenes, um, he had to uh, uh, delay filming for either the second or the third movie. Yeah. And and we got some of those scenes in in this movie, uh, the new Nightmare on Elm Street Um the way that they were originally intended, which I thought was great. I, that was that was such a cool uh, uh, homage, you know, a, a pay it back type of thing for Wes Craven for this director to do that. Mm. Um, <coughs> is it better than the Friday the Thirteenth movie from two thousand and nine? I think you like the Friday the Thirteenth one better. I, I think I do too. Is it better than the Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies? They had elements. I mean, those there were elements of really good stuff. Like at the beginning, I love the whole beginning thing with Jason or with Michael as a kid. Right. That was all really good. I didn't care for it because, again, it's he went the easy route. And I've always said this. He went the easy route. And it's a broken home. Blah blah blah. I thought it was more effective in the original where he comes from middle class, you know, middle upper class. Yeah. And he just fucking, he he just goes crazy. Goes evil. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking snaps. Yeah, I, I just, I can't forgive the Rob Zombie ones for one reason and one reason only. He killed Danny Trejo. Oh. And that pissed me off. Oh, okay. He was like, I was always good to you, Michael. And he fucking still drowns him. I'm yeah. like, you motherfucker. I, I know, but <laughs> it, it's that that's really effective. I know. As as far as remakes, I think the only weak spot for the Michael for the Rob Zombie stuff. Well, um, apart from Halloween two, although I like some of the imagery, yeah. like when he's lifting the truck up because he looks fucking hulking in that, yeah, and it's awesome. But uh, some of the imagery from uh, the the only thing that I think is weak with the remake for. Our, Rob Zombie's Halloween was again the beginning where it shows this broken family and blah blah blah. Oh yeah, and then that 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 definitely bleeds into part two. Yeah. Where at the end where they're all in the shack. Yeah. And I I, God, I was just like, okay. I, I yeah. I didn't even care for that. So it is is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake better? Uh, we'll we'll take Halloween Rob Zombie's Halloween two out of it, because these are just the like the first films yeah. in the series. Is it better than Friday the 13th, and is it better than Halloween? To me, because I, 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 me, I've seen, you seen, for me, I, it's like one slasher film, I've seen them all kind of thing. And it's always the originals that are always the best, right? Yeah. So, but, but keeping the originals out of it, I mean, we those are always in our, part. those are always in our heart. We're just comparing these three movies as, as the remakes that they are. I'd have to go with Rob Zombie's Halloween then. Okay. Because so. with the, the new Nightmare on Elm Street and the new Friday the Thirteenth, I, I just like it was the same thing, just with the better camera or better better picture. <laughs> it's a, well, so was Halloween. It's the same thing. Yeah, I just I, if I had to pick one, I know, I, I know, but I, I understand what you're saying. So I uh, I really like the way that Zombie did Halloween. Yeah, um, it was point. creepy as shit. Yeah, 
but I like the way that they did Jason in the new in in the Friday the Thirteenth two thousand nine version. Yeah, the killer cut because he was fucking he was brutal and terribly fast yeah. and awful, like like fucking just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't give a shit, and but there were moments where he was just like childish. Yeah, you know, but not like throwing a temper tantrum, but like like he didn't he didn't. It's like weird. He didn't kill people that were virgins and shit like that. You know, he didn't kill just a. He was killing, uh, you know, fucking druggy, alcoholicy camper. Yeah. You know, breaking the law type of things, right? Or rules. He's a rule breaker. Um. To order these, I think you're right. I think the zombie one is stronger than all of them. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm to, McDowell was a good uh, Loomis. Yeah, yeah, he was. To to order them, I think that it's Zombie, then the Friday the Thirteenth, then Nightmare on Elm Street, um, based off of the way that Rob Zombie is able to get his actors to. I. Did he do the remake of Hills Have Eyes? No. I don't remember who did that because I have that movie on DVD. But um. okay, so House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, and his other movies that he's done, Halloween one and two, um, Wars of I, Salem. I, I know, I don't, I don't worry about that. But those movies that he's done, yeah, except for Halloween one and two, thirty one. When you when you watch his movies and you see these fucking awful people, they're didn't he do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, he did uh, Devil's Rejects as well. And they're doing a third Devil's Rejects yeah, movie. Yeah, they're, they're working on it right now. But if you if you look at the way he has his characters uh, set up, um, the good characters, the bad characters. He was born in Haverhill. Son of a bitch. <laughs> of course he was. Uh, now you have a newfound respect for him? I've always had a respect for him. I've, I've always liked Rob Zombie. Um Holy shit, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And Guardians of the Galaxy. The Ravager voice, huh? Wow, that's fucking cool. Huh. And Justice League and Spider-Man and Slither and... I'm your boogeyman. Airheads. That's that's fucking awesome. That's what I am. Um, Werewolf Woman. Oh, yeah, he did. He directed Werewolf Woman of the SS. Oh, he yeah. did an episode of CSI Miami, too. Um, have you, if you don't like that movie, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, Three from Hell is what he's working on right now. Um, if you watch all of these movies and the way that he has his bad guys versus his good guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Star Wars thing, and I keep bringing it up. They live in a used world. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is shiny. Yeah. You know, the the people are dirty, they get dirt on them, they fall down, they hurt themselves, they laugh, they scream, they whatever, right? And and that's that's the difference between like if you watch Halloween and you watch the way that this that Michael Myers family grows up. I mean, they live in a shit shack. It it feels dirty, they're white trash, you yeah. know, that type of person. And then and then later on in the movie when it's dealing with Laurie Strode and whatever else. Again, it's kind of the same thing. They're white trash, but cleaner. You know, no. they 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 go they 
fucking take a shower once a day or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And they go back and forth. And and then the houses, they're used. You know, the paint's chipping off of them. Some of them look really, really pretty, but you know that there's other stuff going on that, that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, not everything is perfect, like when you when you watch some of the older movies. And and the same with The Nightmare on Elm Street. The the houses aren't perfect. Everything is... And, and that's that's kind of why I like where they were going with it. The problem with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is, again, these iconic moments that happen throughout the original film and then they try to replicate them in this film doesn't work. Just like in the Poltergeist remake. Yeah, but the Poltergeist remake was just a fucking... Uh, it was a failure from the beginning. Yeah. You know, with the exception of Sam Rockwell and a couple of other things. That movie was was a failure from the start. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is no there's there's nothing about that movie that we liked. The squirrel scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in but these movies, it doesn't. They don't suffer from the same problem. No, like like I, I'm not a big fan of zombies movies, but. You can see that when he makes those movies, that he his love for horror films is put into him. Yeah, and it's it, not not just that, like the attention to detail. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I guess that's the same as his love, but the attention to detail, which I think is different, um, of the way that he he's able to, it's the characters, the way that he's able to get the characters. Like I said, it's the dirt and the grime, the grunge of society, mm-hmm. right? And 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 when you watch all these other like you watch Friday the Thirteenth, um, it's just a slasher movie. Yeah, but I, I like it because you know I that's that's where I lean towards when it comes to slasher movies. Yeah, I like the I like the Halloween series because it's more visceral, more thinking. You know, it's not just a straight up Yeah, it's not just a straight up you know fucking slash fest yeah (laughs) murder your face off type of thing and wear it for a hat Mm -hmm. and and same with and i think uh halloween and nightmare on elm street uh the originals are on that same level psychologically whereas friday the 13th is just a you know uh uh, what i call it uh, a spank a tank type of thing and um and halloween's a much better movie than than a nightmare on elm street because it came first that's really what it comes down to but the new Nightmare on Elm Street, the problem, again, that I have is is those iconic moments. Those iconic moments where in any movie, in any remake that you see, when they take these iconic moments from the original movies, they try to make them better or just a, just a tad bit different. You know, like the, the girls... The girls in the original, and not the actors, but the girls, the young girls that are singing the one, two, Freddy's Coming for You yeah. song, the, the children's nursery, the children's rhyme, they're fucking creepy. Yeah. And they're still creepy. <laughs> in the new movie, yeah. not so much. And it's not the Jade thing. It's the way that it was filmed. Like, if you watch it filmed, like, we saw it in the trailer, there's it's smudged like he took Vaseline and smudged it on the lens <coughs> to give it that ethereal look mm-hmm. like it's like it's a dream like world like you're in a dream yeah and and like you could never really get close to the kids they were always in the distance you know and as soon as you get closer they were always back in the distance yeah 
And that's that's that attention to detail type of thing. Oh, just like in Poltergeist, when she's running down the hall towards her kids. Yeah, and it stretches. And it stretches. It's fucking perfect. I love that shit. Oh, yeah. Or, or when that thing comes out and Joe Beth Williams is sitting there in her whatever Denver Broncos shirt, right? Yeah. In her football shirt. And that thing fucking comes out and, and it's just got two legs and like this big gigantic head. Yeah, right? it looks like it's from Fraggle Rock or something. Yeah, and it just fucking screams at her. Yeah. You know, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's fucking awful terrifying. <laughs> but all that stuff is lost in translation because what they're not I just don't feel like they're trying to get a they're trying to get a cheap scream. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get the cheap oh and then laugh, right? Yep. Oh, that scared me. You know what scared the shit out of me recently watching movies? When we were watching Sicario, Sicario 2. Yeah. And that guy is standing at the entrance and the lady and her, and her daughter are trying to get out instead of run away. And the other three guys are already detonated. And yeah, and and you know that he's going to fucking oh, yeah. light that bomb off. Yep. But is he going to let them live or is he going to kill them, right? Yeah. And he's praying and praying and praying and he's 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 nervous and he's his eyes are wide open, and he's not really looking at them, but he's kind of looking at them. Mm-hmm. And then, because you, you, you're counting down with him, basically everybody in the theater is counting down. And and when he when you count down from whatever to one, he doesn't hit the trigger on one, you know. And every and everybody just mentally does that, uh-huh. you know. It, it is like ten, nine, eight, seven, or five, four, three, two, because you're you're basically counting as she's stepping towards him, right? Yeah. And then you expect the on the one, and it doesn't happen. It's five, four, three, two, one, two and a half. Boom! Right? Yeah. That that made me twitch because it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, they went they went just a little bit longer than the expected, and that's the failure I think totally of these remakes is that they they go with the expected instead of waiting you know the bathtub scene like the bathtub scene he puts his hand up and like in in the original he puts his hand up and then tries to drag her under yeah i can't i've i forgot if he tried to do that in this one but something tells me that he kind of did but really didn't you know and and that again it's not translating and that's the problem and that's 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 the failure of all remakes. The translation doesn't come across as well because you have these these directors that are trying to have a, that have a vision, and then when they try to complete this vision, it's not the same as the, the original director. Yeah. Or it's just a bit tweaky. The only one that I can say that worked real well was uh uh um uh. Don't breathe, but evil dead guy. Yeah, Fetty Alvarez. Fetty. Yeah. I was gonna say Corazamba. It's not it's Fetty Alvarez. His when he did Evil Dead. Yeah. That worked really, really well. Yeah. Because he didn't treat it as a scene for scene remake. Well, not just that. He didn't treat it as a cheesy horror movie like Sam Raimi does. He treated it as I'm going to make a horror movie. Yeah. You know, let's see where we can go. Not just a horror movie, a fucking bloody one. Well, I, mean, I think that was when it comes to genres. I think the most difficult genre to do remakes for is horror, because I, I agree you can't recapture those moments. You just can't. And 
I, I think that most most horror films should not be remade. Look at the Fog remake. That was fucking horrible. That was absolutely horrible. They relied on CG and they they shit shitted on every character that they brought back as a, played by another actor, of course. And yep. and it just it it sucked from start to finish. I think the only thing that was interesting was kind of like the the pirate ghost. Um, you know, going through the fog kind of thing, you know, but it was CG, so it was like I didn't give a shit about that. So yeah, yeah the the practical they're trying to trade practical for CG, and again, it's not working. You know, and see what I liked about Freddy versus Jason was that it already knew that you know it probably wasn't going to be as scary, but it had fun with the characters. So it did when it used CG, like the part where Freddy tries to kill that guy from down the street, uh-huh. and it, it uses the CG. That was really cool how they did that. I was like. Cool, you get to see some, you know, some more dream type stuff that you couldn't see before because of the the limit and and visual effects at the time. But right. you know, it, yeah, whatever. It just yeah. I, I re- most remakes when it comes to horror films, they fucking suck. It's that simple. So exactly. Um, sometimes you shouldn't touch it. I you know I more like do yeah. a sequel if you yeah. need, you know yeah. do do a fucking sequel instead. You yeah. Know, or I mean, if if you if you haven't seen a night uh, the new Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, twenty ten. Absolutely, go go watch it. Yeah, it's worth it. I rented it when it came out. Around, or no, I saw the drive-in too. I did see how the drive-in when it was out. So you know, I just yeah, it just didn't it didn't feel that you know it just felt like another remake. But I I was always I love Jackie Earl Haley, so I'll there watch him and and almost everything he's in. All right. So all right. Um, and finally, Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> all right, we're, this one's gonna be really short. It's gonna be this. If you like the first one, you like the second one. There we go. We're done. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Scott Lang is grappling with the consequences of his choices as both a superhero and a father. Approached by Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Van, um, Hank Pym, Lang must once again don the Ant-Man suit and fight alongside the Wasp. Now I got to find the trailer. Do we do trailer number two? Fuck it. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. And I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pin. I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance you've got. You're supposed to deal. Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems more intense. Get loose now. No, no. You go low, I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? We're gonna die. I don't wanna die. We're gonna die. 
What I miss? We were just tiny. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? My record, 21 feet. You? 65 feet. 65. If you two are finished comparing sizes... 65. Before we get into this whole thing, because I don't want to talk about the ending other than this. Fucking brutal and awesome. Mm -hmm. The way that they ended this movie was perfect. By the way, Goliath, Bill Foster... Uh, learned everything. Learn everything there is to know about Goliath. Um, his origin was in Luke Cage, by the way. So he has a connection to Luke Cage, huh. which is really cool. Um, yeah, uh, Tony Stark recommended that Foster assist Pym in finding a cure for something. Um, Here we go. Uh, biochemistry met Mary Claire Temple. He worked his way up the corporate ladder at Stark Industries, but his drive for success strained their marriage. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, when the scientific adventurer Hank Pym was trapped at a minimum of 10 feet in height, uh, Stark recommended that Foster assist Pym. For several months, they worked together uh, in New Jersey and the Avengers mansion. Although Foster became embroiled in the Avengers cases, such as surviving attacks by the Sons of the Serpent, Blah, blah, blah. Um, Foster returned to Stark Industries, where he was promoted to head of the biochemistry division in the Los Angeles plant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, his aliases are Giant Man and Black Goliath. Uh, place of origin was Watts, Los Angeles, California. Um, so that's that's where Bill Foster comes from. By the way, he's he's associated with everybody. Black Panther, Falcon, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist against a gang of criminals. Uh, he also f teamed with The Thing. Um, and he is one of the many heroes who has opposed the U.S. government's Superhero Registration Act and has joined Captain America's Secret Avengers team. So, so there's that. Which is actually really cool, considering that, you know, his character, um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, yeah. in, in this, they don't bring up the, the Sokovia Accords much. I mean, they bring it up at the beginning, yeah. but he, he's like, he, he can't fucking stand the government, yeah. and that's awesome because they didn't have to explain anything. I mean, you could look it up, but they didn't really have to explain it. Uh, and then now you understand more about this character mm -hmm. is that this whole thing, uh, when it comes down to it, is the guy that plays Goliath, who is Bill Foster, um, um, is also part of the Avengers. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. Um, uh, when I saw in the trailer when Ghost um, like morphs through the you know phases through the SUV, yeah, straight up reminded me of the Matrix Reloaded, yeah, with the ghost with the ghost twins. We well, had mentioned that and then uh, the Wasp, uh, s the Wasp fight scene in the truck, yeah, which was, is just taken from Deadpool. That straight up reminded me of Deadpool, yeah. yeah. And I I think that 
I think that they were kind of waiting to do something like that to see how Deadpool would play out yeah. before, you know, copying that style of fight. And and you know, they're like, okay, well, if they can if they can do it like that, then that gives us that gives us an idea of how to do it. Yeah. You know, someone's got to lead the way, you know. What did you think of the movie? Um Pretty much the way I felt about the first movie. It, it, this one's a good companion piece. Um, overall, it, it, I mean, the, for the majority of it, it's self-contained, just like the first one, mm-hmm. with only little connections to um, the other, uh, you know, MCU okay. films for the most part until the you know the end credit scene. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and so I, I do like that. I like the self-reliance. Um, I did find though that the highlight of this film and the thing I keep looking forward to now over anything else is uh, Michael Pena's Luis storytelling. That I fucking, fucking great love it, dude. And he did it twice in this movie, just like he did in the last one. And it's so goddamn funny. He goes, you know, what was it that T.I. said? He said, you know, once you start the record, you got to let it play all the way through, right? Right. And then, and then the whole crew, the whole crew was funny. I, you know, the other guy uh, was just talking Baba Yaga. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> Baba Yaga. Yeah. You know, the David just the the Dasmalshian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which he he was in um he was in the Dark Knight. He was the crazy guy that they thought was the Joker when the when they shot up at the cops. Yeah. Um, he's been in a few things, but uh, yeah, I can't um. There was he's good at playing a crazy guy. He was I think he was also on Arrow. I think he was on an episode of Arrow. We'll find out here in a yeah. second. David Desmelshin. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so he's only two months older than me. Prisoners. That's right. I don't remember him in Prisoners. I only saw it once. Dark Knight, Ant Man, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. Galacticon, MacGyver, MacGyver. I uh, played Coco. Oh, he was in the Flash. He wasn't in. Um, yeah, he was okay. in Gotham as well. Okay. Yeah. See. Uh, Twelve Monkeys. Oh, he's, he was. He played Kurt in Ant Man. So, play the same character, Kurt. Yeah. So yeah, it, <laughs> the movie is really good at relying on the humor, and the humor is consistently funny throughout the movie. Um, I love the relationship between um, between Scott and his daughter Cassie, mm-hmm. especially the beginning when they're doing the fort, the whole fort thing. It was awesome. I still want to know what happened to the gigantic Thomas the Tank Engine train. You're right. What the fuck happened to that? I have to know. Yeah, that. You know, please don't look this up. This is just remember how last time when I said, you know, when I had that thing. Just my, do it. Uh, just whatever. Okay. If they're shrinking to the the quantum realm, uh-huh. how the fuck are they able to breathe when they're smaller than fucking oxygen atoms? Um, long story short is they are in a contained atmosphere, uh-huh. their own suit. Yeah, right. So when so the suit has has is designed to do that. Like, you know, like Janet, she's there for 30 fucking years, right? Right. She's able to breathe from the same suit the whole time. Well, she know? also had her helmet off, so she was able to breathe. Her body finally was mm-hmm. able to uh, absorb and and um, mutate yeah. with 
the area that she was yeah, in. Yeah, and I know there's some kind of explanation for it. It just seems weird. If you're smaller than the actual oxygen atom, how do you fucking how do you breathe? Well, you know? I mean, there's... Yes, but again, <laughs> when you're in a self-contained environment... That shrunk with you. That shrunk with you. Yeah. Then what's going on is that you're still breathing the same air that you have with you. Mm. So... And then I, I don't exactly know what they would call the air in the you know in the quantum realm. Yeah. But for for lack of argument term, it's air. Yeah. And and it's, and it's part of the whole fantastical thing about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's and that's what makes it interesting is that I, I like that. The other th- question that I had was uh, ghost. So ghost wears this suit where it regulates her powers, right? Yeah. So how is it that she never fell through floors? I know. That fucking bugged me, too. She's walking on floors. I have an answer for Remember that. Remember Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby? I have an he answer. He fell into the floor. I have an answer. What? Her shoes. Uh-huh. Her shoes didn't do that. Okay. Unless unless she wanted them to. Okay. She could control the, sh- she could control the shoes because the suit's regulated. Yeah. So when she walked through, like when she jumped through the, uh, the, the cab, she could she could use her shoes to do that. Other than that, if they were standing on solid ground, they were always solid. Yeah. So that's how I assumed. Yeah. That that worked. Um, I, I this movie is also a really good contrast to um, or I'm not contrast, but change of pace after something as heavy heavy handed as uh as you know Black Panther. I almost said Pink Panther as Black Panther and the then Black Inf- Pink and then Infinity War. Right. You know. It was good to change it up because I think if you had three movies that come out in the span of what four months, mm-hmm. maybe five, um, you to have that much just it's just like it's just like overkill. Yeah, and they know? and they can they dude Marvel continue to fucking kill it. Yeah, uh, they they've completely set up the next movie. You know, one hundred percent are are we don't have to worry about how it's going. I mean, we already have theories. You and I have already come up with our theory. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to ruin we're not going to ruin the end of the movie. Um but we have our theories about how they're going to go into which is Marvel, you know, Mrs. Marvel. Yeah. Um and how they're going to interact with everybody and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um I I I think I think that Marvel just just blows everybody out of the fucking water, dude. Yeah, they they're making they're making DC look like fucking chicken feed, dude. Oh god, absolutely. it's like a bunch of kindergartners running around eating paint. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like how the fact that uh, Lawrence Fishburne um, wasn't the, a typical. He wasn't a villain. Like he could have they like the the cheap scapegoat, especially if it was DC doing it. Right, would be oh yeah, he's this slighted. Ex, you know, employee of uh, or ex partner of uh, of Hank Pym's, and, yeah. and now he's going to get back at him, yeah. You know, and instead it wasn't this like that. Fucking mustache twirling, mon- yeah. Monologist. Instead, it monologist. was like, yeah, he had problems with Hank, but it was he was the only reason why he was involved with Ghost. He was trying to help her, right? And so, and that that, that makes it more realistic in a way too, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody is good, nobody's bad. It's 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 gray. Yeah, we, I, we 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 don't live in a black and white world. We live in fucking a yeah, colored I think world. The only, yeah, I think the only one note character, and I, I hate to say this, but twice this year, it's fucking Walton Goggins' character. Yeah, he was boring again, and I don't blame Goggins. I blame the fucking writing. It just he he's just a boring uh, I, fucking yeah, character. They, but they, 
I'm going to counter that. Okay. And I'm going to give you an argument that to, to help you see that Walton Goggins' character in this movie is not... It was designed to be boring. Yeah. Okay? Walton Goggins' character owns a fucking... A restaurant, mm-hmm. right? He's a wannabe criminal. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and he's got contacts, this and that. So obviously he has some past... Uh, who did he, what character did he fucking play? He played his character's name was uh, it was a Sonny Birch. Okay, um, let's look up Sonny Birch. Sonny Birch, Marvel. Ah, well, there we go. Um, that's what I want. Sonny Birch is the chairman of Cross Technologies, an advanced weapon des- weapons designer firm. Uh, which was once affiliated with Obadiah Stane. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So um, I'm going to kill you, Tony. Yep. <laughs> so when that whole thing with the Stark Foundation, when when the Stark thing went fucking kablooey, yeah. so Sonny Birch is... Re- so we have two characters from this movie that are directly connected to Stark Industries. Okay? This guy, Sonny Birch, and Bill Foster. Mm-hmm. You know? One one on the good side, one on the bad side. That's a balance. Yeah. Perfect. How awesome is that? So now we know who this Sonny Birch is, and, and you know, well, in this case, he's just a fat guy. Um, in the later years, as the Undersecretary of Acquisition, Birch became the main weapons acquirer for the U.S. government. So when he says, I have government contacts and this and that, perfect. Um, Birch was quick to exploit legal complications, which came with the revelation that Stark said that he was Iron Man. Um, since Stark had in the past maintained that his Iron Man suit was being used by Stark Industries bodyguard and not by himself, he lost his legal patent rights for the armor. Birch swiftly claimed ownership for Stark's older technologies and decided to apply them to his firm's design to augment them and reap in further. His ultimate ambition was to outdo Stark's as a weapon supplier. So now we have a little bit of a background, okay? He's affiliated. He's let, let's let's cut out the the patent bullshit, okay? Let, let's say that he tried to claim ownership in this universe because the the cinematic universe is different than six sixteen. Yep. Okay. And um, so he steals Stark's older technology and applies them to his firm's design to augment and reap reap in further winnings. Ultimate ambition is to outdo Starks as a weapons supplier, advance into high politics, and become the next Secretary of Defense, which you can see him doing in this movie. He's just a fucking he's he's a fucking drone piece of shit, right? Um, and Goggins plays this character almost just like that, almost like the Sam Rockwell character. He's yeah, like, Justin he's like Hammer. A, yeah, he's like a a a turdy Justin Hammer. Yeah, right. Just a fucking weasel. And he thinks that he knows it all, and then when he realizes that he he's, he doesn't, he runs away like a little chicken shit. Yeah, and that's so. My argument is is that the character was designed that way, and he was played by Walton Goggins perfectly because he's a self-preserving turd, little weasel, and he thinks that he he's a badass because he has some government contacts when he does when he doesn't realize who he's dealing with. And how I see him is he's a villain in the movie just so they could have a villain. Right. And but no but but not. 
but he's not. Well, I mean, when yeah, you, know, you read his bio on here, but I mean, it just it didn't play out in the movie like that. You know what I mean? I I don't all those connections to you know all that because I know it's not the same, but still, I just his character to me felt unnecessary. It just like but but it's 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 not an unnecessary. They don't ever put in unnecessary characters, and you know Marvel doesn't do that. <laughs> um, what else? So that my my argument is is that even though you say I don't care for uh I don't care for this character Sonny Birch again they don't throw in unnecessary characters just like the Justin Hammer character he'll come back later you know and 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 something will happen with him well it's got to happen because Tony Stark has to fall into alcoholism and lose his company you know that's that's coming down the road I hope so and and Sonny Birch is again. I, I've already I've already said this, but Sonny Birch is not just a throwaway character. He's a weasel of a turd, and I think. I I think they may they may have him hook up with Justin Hammer or another another yeah another one of the fallouts of the Star. Well, I know that right? um, when uh, Iron Man three came out, they had a Marvel one shot that was on the on the DVD. Right. And the Marvel one shot was of the, um, or it wasn't. Uh, anyway, one of the Marvel one shots was um, where it had the Mandarin in prison, you know, Ben, um, ben Kingsley's uh, character, right? And uh, and Justin Hammer's in there as well, you know, Sam Rockwell's character, and so he had a quick uh, scene in the in the in that thing. But that's the last time we've seen Hammer, which yeah, it would be cool to see him again because he was a, he was an interesting character. Um, uh, you know what? I um, I didn't realize this until I read someone else's. Um, take on Ant-Man and the Wasp, but um, this movie does the same thing that the first one did in the way that um, Hank Pym is a very selfish and stubborn person. Right. And that... Sounds familiar. And <laughs> the sins of his past keep coming back to bite him and everyone around him. Um, in the first movie, it was Corey Stoll's character who became the Yellow Jacket, right? Because he didn't treat him right, you know, and everything, and, and look what happened. Um... And then, uh, and then in this movie, it's what happened to Ghost because of uh, her, you know, what happened to her parents, right? Uh-huh. And then also Lawrence Fishburne's character, in a way, you know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, Hank Pym's um, his actions keep on causing problems in the future from shit he's done in the past, kind of thing. So it's cool that they're doing that with the character, but they're still making the movie not super serious enough that it's still fun, you know. Because if you read about Hank Pym in the comics, he goes down some dark fucking roads. He becomes, he merges with Ultron, and he becomes Pym. Uh, I think you call him Pymtron or something like that. And uh, he, yeah, he almost completely loses his humanity and everything. And yeah, he's like a wife abuser. I mean, there's there's a dark, deep story about Hank Pym, right? Um, that they have not done in the movies. They just dealt done with his stubborn selfishness. That's it. Um, so, uh, yeah, overall, my complaints, though, about the movie is that overall, it just doesn't really cover any new ground. You know, it just feels like a, um, I like the movie. It's entertaining. But when it's all said and done, it's still just pretty much a sequel to me. You know, I, well, it's supposed to be. It's not it's it's supposed to be kind of the calm before the storm. type yeah. of Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you look, I, I am not disagreeing. Mm-hmm. This this movie is not great. Yeah. Um, but they still make it entertaining as fuck. Yeah, it's but it's yeah. it's 
It's still better than Thor 2. Yeah. It's still better than Iron Man 3. It's still better than, yeah. you know, a couple of their other movies. Now, Marvel does Marvel has a great record, but they still have their their shit moments. Yeah. This is not one of them. Oh yeah, the farther we get along, away from Iron Man 3, the more I'm getting pissed off that he blew up all the suits at the end of the movie. That right. was fucking retarded. Yeah, but he just builds more so it doesn't really. Matter. <sighs> um you know, he's got it's nanobot technology. Now. It's Who such a cares? romantic gesture. So, um, destroy fucking billions of dollars worth of fucking robots. Anyway, that bugged me. Well, you, like you can, you need those. They can, you can use those to help, you know, like if there's any other problem. Really? You're getting pissed off about a fucking movie. Move forward. What were we talking about? <laughs> exactly. We were talking about movies, right? Okay, anyway. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. is that. It's not special. There's nothing yeah. special. It's it's like Solo. And there's nothing special about it. It has awesome moments in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's great throughout. It's really fun throughout. Mm-hmm. But this is it's not. I mean, it, it's the calm before the storm. It's yeah. we're, we're kind of. They did the same nah. thing after Age of Ultron, and the first Ant Man came out. This after is a Age better movie than Age of Ultron. I think the Ant Man movies are better than the Age of Ultron. Much better. Yeah, that's you know a what? A hell of a lot better. I mean, I I I don't I don't know if I can debate it. I, I you know, cuz Age of Ultron's disappointing because it starts off really fucking good and then right. it, it ends with the same old shtick, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, you know, cuz I how many times have I seen Age of Ultron? I think I've seen it twice. Yeah. You know, I, I But how many times have you seen Ant-Man? I've seen Ant-Man like 5 times. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, by the way, to tie this all in together, there the um the pilot episode for Hollyweed, which is Kevin Smith's new television show that he's trying to get off the ground, yeah, mentions Ant Man. Watch Ant Man; it's really cool. It's fun. It gets tiny. Yeah. So, if you get a chance, I have seen the pilot episode of Hollyweed. Mm. It's on um, IVTV or something like that. Hollyweed on Rivet TV. R I V I T T dot com. All right. Um, yeah, all right. Hold on. R I V I T T V dot com. On dot R I V I T T V dot com. I thought that uh, Bobby Connival's and uh, Pam, or Judy Greer's uh, characters were a little too excited in the movie it was like a little too over the top kind of thing yeah but i think that it's it's that it, i agree no, i'm not disagreeing yeah I, uh, but what i want to say is i think that it's because they know that he's an avenger yeah well let's let's put that in quotes he's an avenger yeah and he he's famous and popular so they don't want to fuck this up, yeah. Because they might meet Captain America. It's just <laughs> weird. It, 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 it's just weird to you know. In the last movie, they're very judgmental over him, right? And then in this movie, they're just like the complete opposite. Yeah. They're lo- they're like fucking oozing all over yeah. him, right? But that's again, that's that balance thing. You know, when we when we were talking about Sonny Birch and Bill Foster, mm-hmm. the Bill Foster and Sonny Birch are 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 opposite. the antagonists, right? Mm-hmm. That's that balance thing. Of them going good guy, bad guy. Not really yeah. good guy, bad guy, but you know what I'm saying. It's Bill is considered a good guy. Yeah. And Sonny Birch is a weaselly piece of shit. And and then you have then you have the opposing 
bad guys, good guys. Yeah. And then you have you have Scott's family, you know, his ex-wife, daughter, and her husband, or the ex-wife's husband, um, being completely opposite of what they were in the first film, yeah. which balances both these films out, which is, which is really good because... Now in the next film, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but we can we can safely assume that in the next film they're probably going to be pretty much like straight down the middle, like Gray, you're your fucking adventure, Gray. You, what have you done? What have you done for me lately, Scott? Type of thing. They're they're friendly to him. You still owe me child support. You still owe me child support. <laughs> All right. Um, there was something about Evangeline Lilly in this movie that I didn't <laughs> like as much as the first time, like. Like, this time she kicks a lot of ass. I mean, she kicked ass in the first movie, too. But this time it seemed like it was more focused on her kicking ass as the Wasp. and um, But there was, like, nothing else really to her this time around besides that. You know, it, it just... Yeah, it just seemed that her character didn't grow much. But then again, I think, like I said... Um, like, most of the time she was just there just to, you know, to give Scott a dirty look, like, because, you know... You fucked up, kind of thing. Oh, god damn. Will you quit fucking looking up more things? I have to. So, Advanced Idea Mechanics, which is in the movie, uh-huh. which Sonny Birch runs, quote-unquote. <laughs> its leaders are Baron Strucker Modoc, mm-hmm. who is uh, the, the dude from Skull. Yeah. Uh, or Captain America, <laughs> Andrew Forson, Monica Rappaccini, and Sunspot, who is a uh, who's part of X Force and the New Mutants. So that was I think it's very interesting that they are they added in AIM in this movie, mm-hmm. and I mean they're so close to getting the Fox properties anyways. I mean they're voting on it with like they're voting on it right now. Like throughout this whole entire like, month, it's pretty much like the the Comcast is done, and now they're now Fox is just fucking with Comcast about that that whole Sky thing. Like um, the board. Oh, this is fifteen hours ago. This is not bad piece. Uh, the. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, the Department of... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is just... This is new. No, no, it's just... Um, it's, it's 12.03. That, that's yeah, I, I know. I want to get through this as fast as possible. Uh, announced a settlement with Disney last month under which it granted approval of the $71.3 billion transaction. Uh, they had to divest Fox's 22 regional sports networks, whatever. That's it. That's done. That green light gave Disney a distinct advantage, which is going to happen. Um, in response to the editorial, I'm just trying to find out when the vote's going to happen. That's all I'm trying to find out. I think this was like the, because I, th- I thought it was supposed to be originally on the 10th, but it's going to be the 27th or something. Well, no, th- the voting takes place like all throughout the month because they have to get all of the f- all of the shareholders to vote on it. Well, I don't think all of them, but a majority at least to vote on the merger. Yeah. And, I mean, like, if, if it's a public company, then that means, like, if you own, like, shares in it, you get to vote, for example. Um, one Fox holder, shareholders trying to stop the, the merger. Well, good luck with that. Um, 
I'm just trying to figure out when, when uh, July 25th or 27th. That's what I want to say. Um, Fox stockholders are scheduled to vote on whether to accept the bid on July 27th. Um, but they're but I've heard that they are voting like all throughout the month. Mm. Like there's days where they can vote. So I think that the, what it means by Fox stockholders is the final. The final, um, because Marvel's doing that right now, or not Marvel, uh, Disney is doing that right now as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two more weeks and then uh, it should be a done deal. Yeah. And then what? Then you got to wait for whatever. I don't know. Um, two weeks. Department of Justice has already cleared it. Okay. So they don't have to wait anymore. So, technically, in two weeks, um, Disney can, or Marvel Studios can start implementing all X-Men shit they want. Uh, I don't think in two weeks, but technically, I guess, within a month. So, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, you know what bugged me about this movie? And it, it's just, it's the marketing. It, it, and I know every movie has, you know, product placement and all that shit, but it was so fucking obvious that this movie was a Hyundai commercial. It just, everything, the little car, every time they were, the camera was in a car they were driving, it always focused on the fucking steering wheel so you could see the big H, and it just bugged the shit out of me. It, it just, just kept on and on and on with the goddamn Hyundai. That that bugs me. Okay. Just like when I watched the first Transformers and they overdo it with all the GM cars. No, you know? yeah, you're right. You're right. It's fucking annoying. So In fact, there's a commercial on right now. Mm-hmm. With the little car? Yep. The little purple with one? With Michael Pena in it. Yep. Yeah. It fucking bugs the shit out of me. Man. I, but whatever. It is what it is. I mean, you got to find a way to make some money for this movie since it's not making as much as the other ones. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, it's still it's still gravy. It's still free money pretty much for Disney, though, no matter what. Uh this is a stupid little thing, but um, the Partridge Family song being in this, it, 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 it was funny, but it was like, why? Why? It was. It, it kind of felt like they were just trying to find a funny song to put in there, and um, like, is there some hidden, I, hidden meaning? I think with there's it? a hidden meaning behind it, uh-huh. meaning because what they're they were doing the Partridge Family song just while Scott and the kid were together, yeah, in in, in his house. Uh-huh. So it's like a completely broken family. As opposed to the Partridge family, which is, well, who knows where the dad is, yeah. but, you know, all the kids and the mom and the, living in this, like, a pristine, awesome lifestyle, yeah. and he's living a shit lifestyle, mm-hmm. house arrest. So that's the hidden meaning. Oh, I I forgot about um, uh, Randall Park's character. Right. Uh, Agent Jimmy Woo. Yes. <laughs> he, was pretty, you know, he was funny, too. You know, I, I like his character because he's one of those characters where he's not an asshole just to be an asshole. He's an asshole because his job tells him he has to be an asshole. So then he tries to be cool when he's not being an agent. But, you know, it's still, it, the, he, what, what can you do, right? I, I, so, yeah, I like his character. He's always, Randall Park's always good. He's always funny and entertaining when you see him. Uh, yeah, I, I think overall I'd give this movie a 7 Okay, out of 10. Yeah, I'm right there with you. you. Know, I gave the first one a 7.5 <laughs> out of 10. You know, um, and yeah, this one's all along the same lines. You know, it's it definitely if you like the first one, you'll you'll love this one. I, I, I don't see any seeing any difference. You yeah, know what I mean, it's a fun action movie. Mm-hmm. Don't expect anything, you know, uh, earth shaking. Yeah, no, Ups- nothing well, revelatory except well, at the at the end credits. Well, maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was waiting for that. I yeah, was, we all we 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 all kind of knew what was going to happen, yeah. but how type of thing. But yeah. we, again, we're not giving it away. It's it's. It's one of those things that um, 
It's part of the experience. Yeah, because I was hoping that was, and then you know, it, it, yeah, I just love the fact when he there was radio silence. I was like, okay, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Um, okay, uh, the the next movie that we were gonna see, this is gonna be, uh, dude. I yeah, I need to talk to you about this one. Um, so this week coming out is the Equalizer sequel, Unfriended Part Two: The Dark Web, Ugh. and Mamma Mia, here we go again. So, do you want to see Equalizer 2 or Skyscraper? <laughs> I know. What a shitty week. And then the week after that ain't much better. Look at The Darkest Minds. That fucking X-Men ripoff. Okay, so. Death of a Nation. Question for you. Disney's Christopher Robin. That might be interesting. Yes. You like, you, we're going to see Christopher yeah, Robin. Yeah, you love Ian McGregor. You love Ian McGregor. So. The spy who dumped me also. You pick. Mm-hmm. You, you, heads or tails. Uh-huh. You decide which movie's heads, which movie's tails. All right, Equalizer Two is heads. And what do you choose? And Sky, what's going to be the tails? What do you choose? Heads or tails? I choose heads. I'd rather see Equalizer than fucking Skyscraper. I don't know where it landed. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, it's right there. It's heads. Is it? It's heads. It's right there. Apparently it went straight up. It came down and went underneath I, I my just, desk. I have no desire whatsoever to see Dwayne Johnson and skyscraper hard. Yeah, yeah. I, Die scraper. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Die scraper. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. God damn it! Yeah. Once in a while, I don't need to see fucking peg leg just running down the <laughs> peg leg Pete and Die scraper. Fucking god damn it! Yeah. So uh, yeah, Arg barely scratched at the end of the movie after all the shit he's done. Uh, but I still got my leg. Yeah, I yeah. I just I don't want I just no I just don't feet don't fail me now. God, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, foot don't fail me now. <laughs> oh, damn. Anyways, yeah, you know the equalizer. Look, I you, you I, I don't expect I, greatness from it. I just, I, I hope it's entertain half entertaining. That's what I hope. I hope it's half entertaining. Yeah, I, I have no interest in seeing Die Scraper and and then Equalizer Two. Okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll see what we can do with the stopwatch this time. Yeah. Oh, you can dress it, up like a Muslim. It, it's it's like do I stab train. myself with a fork or do I stab myself with a serrated knife? <laughs> which one? Which one's gonna hurt less? And this one also looks like a huge uh, lift commercial as well. Yeah. God damn! In the trailer, I think half of the shit was Lyft driving or Uber. It was Lyft. Oh, it was? yeah, it was. Dude, yeah, it was, he was doing using the app and everything with the accepting the ride. And, yeah, yeah, all that shit. So, and you're gonna give her a good tip. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> like, Where's sh- Chloe Grace Moretz? She's dead. Did she die? I think so. Yeah, well, fuck her. I don't know, but she she looked fucking hot and whatever she was wearing the shit and yada yada from the last one. Yeah. Um, all right, did you uh, have a quick opinion on the Neil Blomkamp Robocop Returns thing? Yes, and I want to fucking see it. I do, too. You know what? And someone just came out with a thing saying that um, that, that uh, 20th Century it was looking for someone to do another Alien movie. Why I'll the do it. fuck aren't they doing having Neil Blomkamp with all of his ideas? Because they tried to, and somebody blocked it. Yeah, Ridley Scott, uh, probably. Uh, however, I think part of it is this merger as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, RoboCop reboot, although I don't think it's a reboot, but we'll see. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to be a sequel to the first film. 
So it's going to ignore RoboCop two and three. I you shouldn't re, you shouldn't ignore RoboCop two. Yeah, I I, you, you I think sh- it's okay to ignore part three. It's like it's like the Halloween movies ignoring the second Halloween. You can't you can't ignore the second Halloween. You got to you know. Well, story wise, I mean, what did part two? And I like part two. I do. You know, I don't care what most people say. I do like part two. It's not nowhere near as good as the first one, but no. I liked it. Well, okay, um, look, it extends the story, right? And it shows it sh- it shows that OCP was trying to take RoboCop to a next generation. Yeah. Okay. So it, by ignoring that stuff, it invalidates what Frank Miller was working on first and foremost. Uh-huh. Secondly, it 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 makes it look like they're just they're reaching. Like, you can get rid of three. RoboCop 3 sucked ass. Yeah, that was worse than the TV show. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and then um, what you... what I mean, you can allude to a RoboCop 3, but if if you're just going to... Do some joke about some <laughs> robot ninja. Yeah, exactly. What, a, what am I going to fight a robot ninja? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, you can allude to it as a bad dream or a nightmare or... Or or simulation, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter, right? But by ignoring the events that happened in RoboCop Two, which are important events for the character, for the company OCP, mm-hmm. and for what actually happens, um, for you know the growth thing and yada yada yada, um, the drugs. I mean, all that stuff is important. Yeah, nuke nuke me, baby. You know, and 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 have it set where. You, you, I mean, I mean, shit. They were talking about the decay in Detroit back then, uh-huh. and it's like that now. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I believe by ignoring all, all of the movies, like you can even put the new RoboCop in there, and and because they they ignored the first movie anyways. Yeah, and you can actually tie all that together. And when they're talking about 2014 RoboCop, right? And the the old RoboCop, mm-hmm. all they have to do is is combine that shit together and say, well, you know, why why didn't you just go with the old design? Well, we wanted something new, yeah, right, and and then go from there. So you can actually extend the you can extend the storyline, mm-hmm. and 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 you can I mean you can dismiss all of it, and even still you can still make it a direct sequel to the first one, but. Not ign- not ignore or not cut out all of that history. Yeah, even the fucking stupid TV series, <laughs> God. which we watched. Oh, trying to forget. Uh, never watched the animated series though. <sighs> Yet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. Spammy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you look, uh, Neil Blomkamp, man. It, I I like Neil Blomkamp. I don't care what people have to say about Elysium and. Uh, and Chappie. I, I like those movies. I don't think they're as good as District 9, but they had a style to them that I really like. And uh, and I think he can do something really cool with RoboCop. Right. I remember that all that concept art that he did for, uh, for you know, doing an Alien 5. You know, that all, all looked really cool. So, um, hopefully, man. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. So. Um, and then, God, dude. Fucking Joaquin Phoenix is going to play Joker in an origin film. I don't care. Directed by Todd Phillips, okay. Todd Phillips, who's done uh, *Starsky and Hutch*, the old school 
you know, um, and look, Todd Phillips is a really good comedy director and comedy writer, but what the fuck is he going to do when it comes to a Joker origin film? Which you're not supposed to do a Joker origin film anyway. The the, the whole part of the allure of Joker is his mystery. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to know where the fuck he came, comes from. I don't want to know where Joker comes from. It's better when you don't know. It, fuck, dude. It, whatever. DC just does not know what the fuck they're doing. And I, I just... And look, I think Joaquin Phoenix will—he'll do an awesome job as Joker. I don't—I don't have any dispute to that. But I don't. But it still—it doesn't matter overall because they shouldn't be making this movie. No, they should not. They need to fucking stop what they're doing. They need to just retool the entire goddamn department and figure out what the fuck they're doing wrong and fix it. Yes. Stop it. But what? What if? What if it? What? What it comes down to is. They are. Uh, they they green. They've already greenlit the movie, right? But what if they kill the movie? What if they kill the movie during the, the merger? Well, that that the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking Fox. <laughs> yeah, I, I have Fox on the fucking brain because I'm stupid. That's all right. That's okay. Now now we need to just get Disney to buy uh, buy Sony. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Please no. So yeah, uh, that yeah, I think that's all I got, dude. I don't, I don't think there's anything other otherwise new, uh, newsworthy to talk about this week. So yeah, um, but yeah, oh well, Zombieland finally got fully, fully approved the Zombieland sequel. So oh, that's good. Every all the main characters have signed on; they're coming back, um, and uh, it's gonna start filming at the beginning of next year, and uh, it's set to come out exactly ten years after the original film came out. So. Uh, Sometime in October of 2019, it should be coming out. So, um, look, Zombieland is an exception when it comes to zombie movies because of the the style that it has, you know. It, so that one, I you know, it's like I can actually look forward to that movie. It's just everything else. If they're going to try to make any more zombie shit, it's like no, just just don't, please don't. But I heard that Bill Murray is going to be doing a cameo in it, <laughs> which will be weird because they fucking killed him in the first one. Yeah. That that scene still pisses me off every time. I just watched it like uh, a week ago, and the, when when Eisenberg accidentally kills fucking Bill Murray, it just every time I'm just like, God damn it! <laughs> but whatever. That that's the point. That's the point of the yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah. Well, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. God damn it, Phil. Right. You didn't even get to have a Twinkie for you, God damn it, Bill. All right. Uh, are we good? That's one big Twinkie. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Uh, or, or do you want to go to five dating sites uh, with lonely Asian honeys? No, I'm trying to get away from that. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's good for your GERD. Not good for the GERD. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, have you watched Cloak and Dagger? No, I have not. Okay. I just watched Luke Cage, though, season two, and... uh. uh I, you know what? I just I didn't even feel like it was worth worthwhile um, bringing it up as a flick of the week. I I didn't not like it. I liked it. It's just that I don't know. It, it seemed like it lingered around Alfred Wooder's character for too long. I because she's the villain of the whole second season. Okay. And but it it's still watchable. It's 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 a well put together show. I just I don't know. I there's just certain things I want from Luke Cage that I'm not getting. So okay. There it is. Oh, uh, all 
right. I'm having the... Are you okay? I'm having the crampies. You're having the crampies. No, stomach cramps. So, luckily it's not, you know, gur-delicious. Gur-delicious. <laughs> They're great. They're great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm leaving, dude. I'm not putting. I'm not watching RoboCop the anime series. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking gone. Totally, you wish you were. I'm not good. <laughs>